Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. We are back in studio again. This is going to be part two to the last episode that we were doing going through a marriage case study, and we're going to jump right into it. Shauna, how you doing? Good. Good, 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 Jeremy, good, good, Jeremy. Jeremy, we're still good. Excellent. Yeah. Everybody's still good. Yeah. All right. You're going to put to... a disclaimer on this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, in this part two, uh, again, you just want to bear in mind if you're listening in the vehicle and you've got little ones, wherever you're listening, if you've got little ones, um, just maybe pause, um, listen to it later, put some headphones in because we're going to be talking about some pretty explicit content as it relates to marriage. That's all I need to say about that. So, Shana. All right, case study. You have been meeting with Ted and Janice every Thursday evening to help them with marriage struggles, with their marriage struggles. They have been married for 12 years, have two children, seven and eight, and generally like each other. From what they have shared, they are glad to be married, strive to love Jesus, and try to be involved with the body of Christ. According to Ted and Janice, the stress of life, such as parenting, finances, and household duties, create tension in their marriage. Sometimes a tension erupts in a two-day conflict where they do not speak much and simply go through the family motions. During your most recent meeting, the eighth meeting, they disclosed a fairly long history of sexual problems in their marriage. Namely, they are sexually intimate about once a month when Janice finally gives in and takes it for the team, and the time between sexual encounters is marked by Ted's frequent requests for sex, Janice's equally frequent rebuffs, and Ted's fantasizing about other women while masturbating several times a week. Apparently, the sequence they described became approximately, began approximately eight years ago following the birth of their first child, and at the same time, both agree that their sex life has been very good. Once Janice learned of Ted's masturbation two years ago, their level of sexual, sexual intimacy ceased completing for about six months. The sexual intimacy ceased completely for six months. According to Janice, she was too hurt and disgusted to even think about being close to him. And during those months, according to Ted, he withdrew even more from Janice, being hurt and angered by our coldness and lack of forgiveness. All right. So last uh, podcast, we talked about kind of the root of their sexual problems. And I'm sure some of that will continue. We'll continue to discuss. But let's start off this podcast just kind of asking the question that first part of it. They have tension that erupts for a two-day conflict. There's a lot of stress in their life, and it is creating tension in their marriage. So, Michael, what would you do to kind of speak into that a little bit? Like, how would you encourage this couple on the stress for life? Yeah. The stress in life. Yeah, the stress in life. Again, last episode, we, you know, we talked um, a lot about the sexual nature of everything and um, kind of made a huge distinction between vertical transformation versus like a horizontal microwavable solution to things and not jumping into the horizontal. And I would say the same thing in this case is instead of looking at the horizontal reality of the day-to-day grind and everything that they're doing, I would begin to ask them, why do they do what they do? And if their joy is Christ, what's missing? So I would, I would begin to ask questions like, okay, well, what are you guys doing uh, you know, and, and studying, you know, I would ask them individually how their time with the Lord is. Do they do it collectively? Do they do it as a couple and all those sorts of things to try to establish if you're a Christian, we don't just, we're not just in this world doing our thing. We are sojourners and we're looking and focusing on, on, on the kingdom, kingdom living and, and again, focusing on that perspective. So I'll probably spend quite a bit of time, uh, reorienting them in that thought process and seeing where they are in it. Uh, so hopefully that helps rejuvenate them to realizing that the day-to-day grind and 
menial tasks and everything else that they're doing has significance in that. So that's probably what I would. Yeah, I think there's a huge benefit as a counselor to have an outside perspective of some of um, our counselees day to day. And so as they walk you through a typical day and the things that they're doing already in their life, you know, they mentioned here parenting, finances, household duties. How is that being divided? Can I give wisdom or guidance and maybe stepping away from certain things and saying no? Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe there's things that they should step in together and being involved in it that's not currently in their schedule. But you're right, the why we do what we do. I mean, even the basic things I remember in our marriage, just folding laundry is I'm serving the Lord. I'm not serving you. Do you benefit from it? Sure. But at the end of the day, I'm not serving it. I'm not doing those duties for you. I'm doing it for the Lord. And that heart shift that I had changed everything and how I continued to serve my right, family. Because, well, that's what I'm saying. So identifying those things and encouraging them will, the, will be beneficial. Yeah. I mean, granted, I started at the 30,000 foot why. Yeah. And you're presenting the practical. And that's what I'm saying. To me, when you identify the why, mm-hmm. it begins to define the practical. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's why we get, as a counselor, you get to, one, help them in that big picture, right? right. Heart, motive, vertical. And then then how does that vertical heart change then course, correspond to the practical day-to-day? But it's, it's actually refreshing. I mean, I have people speak into my life all the time for my calendar because it's important that we can run, run, run ourselves, and we're not stewarding our time. And that's part of God's command. It's not our time, it's his. And so it's very important to have people from an outside perspective, look into your life and saying, hey, how am I doing here? How am I suiting my time? Do you see that things should be cut out or done? And I think that if we could speak into that, that would help hopefully um, in some of the tension because that tension, if it's erupting in a two-day conflict, I mean, that's not just their marriage, but that's obviously going to be, that's going to pour over into their children too. So it's going to create family conflict in general. And so, um, anyway, so I just thought that was important to, to communicate. Jeremy, do you have any additional input on that part? I think that's very good wisdom. You know, what I see a lot in this particular case is the two of them, because of their their frustration, their hurt, they're punishing each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times when I'm seeing that dynamic in a marriage, I will bring up this, the idea of justice. Uh, and I'll also often start with the question, what is the opposite of justice? And most people answer, it's injustice. Uh, no, the opposite of justice is mercy. Justice is getting what you deserve. Justice is receiving the punishment and the verdict that you've earned through your behavior. Mercy is extending something to you that you haven't earned and that you may not even deserve. And so I want to get them into this place of, of incarnating in their own lives a merciful spirit towards the offender. Uh, and one thing that I will often practically do is begin to dive into their, their uh, thought processes and beliefs about each other. Because when they've been severely hurt, we all begin to develop uh, beliefs about each other that, that reinforce why I have a right to, to operate mm-hmm. in a spirit of mm-hmm. justice. Absolutely. So I'll have them f- just simply complete this phrase. For, for the wife, I would say, okay, I want you to Go to your painful moments when you're really upset with him, when he's really hurt you, and fill in this blank as with as many statements as we can come up with right now. He's blank. So she might come up with, he's disgusting, he's self-centered, uh, he doesn't care about me, things like that. And if that's her primary, what we would call schema, if that's her primary belief system about him, then it's going to reinforce, I have a right to do what I'm doing. He's not a good person to move towards. 
And I want to work with her to let's tweak that a little bit. Let's try to get into his heart. And, and what are some other possibilities as to why he's responding the way he is? He's hurt. He's lonely. Um, and we'll begin to just unpack some of those things. And does that change your perspective? I mean, your husband, you, you guys love each other. So maybe he's, he's doing some things, sin, and sin is driving that. He's got his own issues. But a part of his, his whole makeup is that he's hurting and that he's lonely. For, I might ask the husband the same question, and he might say, she's mean, she's ridiculous. And that's his mindset, which totally justifies his, his looking at other women, etc. But rather have him kind of shift the angle a little bit and say, well, you know, maybe she's devastated. Maybe she's heartbroken beyond what you can imagine. Do you, can you see that? And most of the time, people are like, I get that. And it just, it, it lowers a guard to say, you know what, I am called to be merciful, and this person isn't just simply ridiculous and mean. I'm not going to let that dominate my mindset. She's devastated. And what can I do as, a, as her husband to reach into that? And I'll often point them to First uh, Peter 2.23, just so powerful, maybe starting in verse 16, where Peter's talking about suffering and how difficult it is, and how it's a glorious thing in the eyes of God to do something good even when you're being treated poorly. And it culminates in uh, 1 Peter 2.23 with the example Jesus gave. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. And when he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to the one who judges justly. So that you're called to do good. Let's, let's do what we can in your mindset to help facilitate that. And then let's always remember, no matter what they do in return, Let's just put them into the hand of God and let him deal with them the way they need to be dealt with. That's good. That is really good. <laughs> you don't <laughs> <No>. <laughs> It's like when Jeremy talks for a like, hold on, let me finish taking my notes over here. Let me, let me start the end music for good. <laughs> this is a wrap. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, anyway, so do you have anything else to say on that? No, I, I, I think that literally encapsulates just a really good response for giving them kind of a pathway into recovering, um, mm-hmm. helping them see each other after they remove that speck. Mm-hmm. Um, and you begin giving to, them a new perspective. Yeah. You begin like to, ex- yeah, you begin to examine, okay, like let's really look at the commentary and rhetoric you have on your spouse. That's like good. the one that you say that you love yep, that's for good. better or for worse. Like let's put this in perspective and, 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 and move into that. Um, and then present on the opposite end again, cause with scripture, you know, that's a category, a biblical category of removing and replacing and as a new creation, you know, and just focusing on that and realizing, Hey, what you guys are dealing with, this is, you guys are putting on the old self and you don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. And let's remind them, here's what it is to put on the new self, take them to Colossians three and the one another scriptures and realizing mm-hmm. that that needs to happen in this context, first and foremost, before any other context, like this is where this needs to be rooted and taken place. And much like you said earlier, Shauna, and the effect that it has on kids, like when they're not speaking to each other for a couple of days and, you know, the kids can tell that there's a heaviness in the household and it's awkward and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's teaching them invariably. Okay, I guess when I'm frustrated or stressed out, I just shut down and I just don't speak and I just turn off to the world and those who are in my life. Yeah. Um, and it begins to tell a different story and it's not a biblical narrative. Mm-hmm.
So, excellent. and then there's the, you know, there is the part to where, you know, we can for like full on be jerks to one another. Absolutely. And then, I was. In, yeah, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about that. No, <laughs> but, but, but in that, you know, I, we also have to recognize that we're sinners and this mm. is our, this is a part of our sanctification process. And as you put on those opportunities, those are times where I have the opportunity to show compassion, love, and forgiveness of things that God has called me to do, not you know, create this atmosphere of what I'm entitled or what I expect and what you should be doing for me. And when you fall short in those ways or say I fall short, cause it's not just you, it's me too. How do we lovingly build each other up? How do I give grace and build you up? Like Ephesians four talks about. And, and in that I'm able to, I have a, I, in our marriage, we have a level of knowing everything about one another that's very sweet in a way that I get to speak into your life like no one else does and vice versa Mm -hmm. and I get to see levels of you and you get to see levels of me that other people don't or I definitely need mercy yeah exactly and it's like (laughs) man she's getting crazy right now no she's loco (laughs) I promise the bruise on my arm is from our Utah trip (laughs) yeah when she became a rock underneath my tube yeah exactly uh anyway um but I think I think that um, you know thinking about the tension in the marriage, and as we, in the last podcast we talked about the intimacy part. I mean, it, it, it's true. Like when there's tension in the marriage, I'm sorry, the female doesn't want to really be intimate, mm-hmm. but for some reason a guy can compartmentalize it, and it's all about the physical, and we're not there emotionally. And so we have to, yes, we want to address the intimacy it's part, the reset button, yeah. But in this case study, what I like is it kind of covers all these different levels of our life to where as a counselor, I'm encouraging you to realize that there's going to be multiple sessions that you're addressing lots of different layers here. And, you know, you might not be able to give practical tips right away, but through the sessions and going vertically and, and giving assignments where they can be intentional in their time with the Lord is going to be very beneficial and essential for their growth. Then as they come back, you're, you're giving the outside perspective, you're praying with them, you're being a safe place for them to talk about things. They probably haven't really been able to talk with And actually what you're doing is you're demonstrating what they need to be doing in their marriage with each other is really what's being demonstrated. And what guy, you know, Ted here, he's probably not talking to his guy friends about masturbating. You know, it gets a certain level. I know that movies are making it a cool concept, but I'm sure that's not what you guys are really talking about when he's saying that they're trying to be involved in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. So the fact that that has came into light in your room is a very beautiful thing because Satan loves those things to keep our sin hidden. And so now how can we address that? But like Jeremy said, maybe it's, it's not about just speaking into saying, stop doing it, but the heart of, of what's happening, you know, and what's stirring that Mm -hmm. affection. So, um, or away from the Lord. Um, And then, and then how that's obviously making her disgusted and then withdrawing from him more. So it, it obviously has to be addressed. Um, but, but as a counselor, hopefully from the last two podcasts, you're encouraged in a way of addressing the heart first mm-hmm. and going vertical first before the horizontal, but obviously knowing that these horizontal things and sin in their life is important to address. Absolutely. So. Um, anything else you want to say on this? I like doing a case study. Yeah, a couple of resources. You, you guys, yeah, no, you go, had one. No, go ahead. Uh, I think a great resource if you're a counselor or in marriage is Sex and the Supremacy of Christ, which has several contributors, and I think it's edited by Piper. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, Justin Taylor, I think. Justin Taylor, yeah. yeah. And then ours was Sexual Sanity for Men and Women, and I forgot the author of that, but we'll have that in the show notes. Yeah, I'll actually I'll put a few uh, that mm-hmm. just aren't coming to mind off the top of my head. Um that's 
that are good that I'll have in the show notes as far as just marital yeah, and content. so and as we give these resources, there are resources one for you as the counselor to read and maybe create homework and things like that from it, or you just to grow and being intentional in your sessions. But also, some of these might be uh, books that you give your counselees to read and then have them come back and discuss with you um, the things that the Lord has revealed to them, or maybe things that they've already started applying. And so, just know that resources as we continue to do those and give those links that you can use them in multiple different ways, right? Yeah, and actually- homework assignments or for your own growth. Yeah. And actually, um, I haven't really, we haven't really been pushing it or, or speaking about it at all. Uh, but all the, all the episodes now granted on every episode, we have the resource content part, uh, where we hyperlink stuff. But outside of that, we have our speak the truth.org website that, um, I've got, there's a page a resource page that has basically everything that we've talked about that has a theology section a merit. So all, everything, instead of trying to, you know, go through our episodes and, and find our marriage stuff, you can just go to our website and everything's categorically put there as well. Yeah, that's so. awesome. And then also on christiancounseling.com, it, you know, becoming a member there, you, you are open to tons of free resources and videos and homework assignments that you can actually give to your counselees. And so remember, it's not, even if you're not an official title, you have this whole biblical counselor official title, um, you can still do these things. So please don't feel mm-hmm. limited or hindered. If, you know, you being a leader, just a disciple in the church, these things that we're talking about are for you. But if you are interested in becoming a, a certified biblical counselor, uh, you can reach out to us um, at christiancounseling.com. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us today on this marriage case study and uh, continue to speak the truth.